We got a few more weeks in Psalms. Next week we'll be in uh, Psalm 116. And then, Lord willing, the week after that, we're going to start into the epistle of 1 Peter. And uh, really looking forward to, uh, to getting back there in the New Testament and starting into that glorious epistle. Um, before us this morning, uh, we'll, we'll just be reminded that man's fallen sin nature longs to be glorified. Uh, longs to be recognized and to be honored and oftentimes again, wants that honor, recognition, and that glory uh, that's, that's really due God. And we'll see the psalmist this morning, as we've been seeing in these psalms, it's called a praise the Lord in this series of psalms that we've been in here. We're going to see the psalmist right off the bat reiterating two times here in the verse, the first verse, not unto us, not unto us, but unto you, and unto the name of the Lord, we need to give glory. And we're going to see that call to take on that hard attitude, to really make it our aim at every turn and to daily have a heart that would say, you know what, I want to give all the glory to God. And if there's anything in, in my life that blesses others that, you know, someone even says, thank you for that, that's good, but I want to remember it's to God be the glory. And if I have even other things and I'm giving glory over God, to God be the glory. And we're going to talk about that and spend a lot of time in that first verse. And we're really going to see that when we do in that, it absolutely is to our gain and to his honor. And when we don't, it's to our demise. We'll see that when our aim is to give him glory and we're walking in that, that our witness, it shines. If we want to be a city set upon a hill, it all starts in being a people of praise and worship and a people that are thankful to God and a people that are, are quick to lay any, any you know what, recognition or, you know what, uh, thanks given to us at his feet. Just as, you know, those crowns that we'll receive when we stand before the Lord for service unto him, they'll be put at his feet. We want to do that now. When we do so, there's a work of the Spirit that happens that really uh, solidifies our witness. And we'll see that our witness needs to shine because it's talked about in the psalm, those that worship idols and these things can't see or hear. They, it says those that trust in them are like them. They're dead things. And it's really a dead world around us. You know, the desperately needs Jesus Christ. And so all the more, look at if we're concerned about those folks, it starts with us giving praise to God, loving God first, that then we can love them as the Lord works through us in a manner that is just, you know, to his praise. We'll also see in this is called to fear the Lord again. And really giving glory to God and honor to God. It's giving reverence to God and it goes in line with fearing the Lord. And there's great encouragement in this. Because this again, there's, it's to our gain when we give praise to God. It's to our gain when we fear the Lord. In fact, we'll see unlike those that trust in these idols that can't help. <clears throat> we'll be encouraged this morning in knowing that when we trust in the Lord, we can rest knowing that He is our help. That He is our shield that he blesses us, that he's mindful of us. And so, you know, just so much here. I know I don't have the full psalm in front of you. I broke it down there in your notes so I, we could get it all on five pages. So that's, you know, that's the main reason behind that. So hopefully you got your Bibles. I want to read through Psalm 115. It's 18 verses. And I just feel led to do that for us to take the whole psalm in. And then a lot of the scriptures that I have there in in, in your packet, we'll refer to some of those, read a few of them, and then some are just 
for your study if you want to dig in deeper into this. So let's read this together and just ask God to wash us and minister to us and just refresh us even as we read this psalm here. So he says, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory because of your mercy, because of your truth. Why should the Gentiles say, so where is their God? But our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses they have, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet they have, but they do not walk. Nor do they mutter through their throat. Notice verse 8. Those who make them are like them, so is everyone who trusts in them. Verse 9. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord. O Lord, let that be us. Trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He'll bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. Verse 14, may the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May the Lord, may you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Amen. So again, notice how he starts. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory. Again, all glory belongs to the Lord. All glory belongs to the name of the Lord. We saw recently the name of Jesus is the name above all names. Remember, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. The name of Jesus is the only name under heaven by which men must be and can be saved. We again, as we talked about in communion, we know Christ bore the wrath due us. Our sin has separated us from God. Jesus is the sin picker upper. He is the one that cleanses us of our sins through taking the wrath due us. Again, death, sin brought death. Christ died for our sins. And because he was without sin, he rose from the grave. And when you call upon Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior, that's where forgiveness comes. That's where salvation comes. And it ain't coming in any other place or with any other name. It is only through Jesus Christ to, again, him be the glory. We know that at his name, devils have to flee and submit. We know that when we pray in his name, according to his will, the Lord says, whatever we ask in his name, that will be done. To him be the glory, to the name of the Lord be glory. Romans eleven thirty six. For him, in him, for of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. And listen, let's remember in this, the Bible says he doesn't share his glory with anyone else. Isaiah 48, 11, for my own sake, for my own sake, I will do it. For how shall my name be profaned? I will not give my glory to another. So let's remember, we got a call to give glory to God, the name above all names. And God says, I don't give my glory to anyone else. Now we'll see in a minute, when we humble ourselves, the Lord lifts us up. He blesses us. We just read in this Psalm, an abundance 
of blessing that God has for those that fear him, that give him the glory. But absolutely, he doesn't share the glory to him with anyone else. He is God. We are not. He is the potter. We are the clay. Notice Isaiah 40, uh, excuse me, 64, 8. We're the work of his hands. And then notice Isaiah 29, 16. Shall the potter be esteemed as the clay or the thing made say of him who made it? He did not make me. Or shall the thing formed say to him who formed it? He has no understanding. That's silliness. The idea of giving the praise to the pot versus giving it to the potter. And we need to remember again, I'm just the pot. I am but dust. Again, anything that I can do and do do for his glory, it is because of him. And he doesn't share his glory with anyone else. Give all glory to God in the name of the Lord. And listen, he's going to receive glory forever and ever. We went through Revelation recently on there on Wednesday nights. And how many pictures of heaven did we see? I think of there of Revelation 4. We go back to this a lot. Even the 24 elders, what do we see them doing? Casting the crowns at the feet of the Lord and saying prayers and worship songs like this. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Revelation 4, 11, give glory to the Lord. Yet with all this before us, and just barely scratching the surface of all the reasons why he deserves all glory, we look in the scriptures and we see, first of all, Lucifer, who had been created as an angel to do what? First and foremost, give glory to God. It seems through Isaiah's description and Ezekiel's that he was the worship leader in heaven, that even instruments were part of his makeup yet at some point along the way he looked at the lord and he said i want the glory that's due god i want to ascend above the throne of god himself notice there isaiah 14 13 it says you have said in your heart i will ascend into heaven i will exalt my throne above the stars of god i will also sit on the mount of congregation on the farthest sides of the north i will ascend above the heights of the clouds i will be like the most high listen it didn't work out well for him yet you shall be brought down to shield to the lowest depths of the pit it never works out well when we want the glory due God. We need to take this in this morning. We need to drink this in. We need to be honest with ourselves. Because listen, Lucifer said, I want the glory due God. And what happens soon after that? God formed man out of the dust of the earth. God breathed life into him. God put him in a perfect place of paradise. Gave him a perfect marriage, him and his wife. Total bliss. But we know he gave him one command. Don't eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The day that you do that, you will die. And that serpent came along, questioned God. Did God really say you'll die if you eat of that tree? God knows you'll be like me when you eat of it. And what did man do? I want that glory to God. The woman ate of that tree. She gave to her husband and he ate. And it says there in the text that immediately they knew they were naked they did not have that covering of god over them anymore they went out from underneath that when they said i want the glory i want to be god 
We want to do what we want to do. We don't believe the Lord as they listened to this serpent who himself had already fallen saying, I want the glory that is due God. You look around the world. Again, you see death, wars, diseases, confusion, despair. Where did it all come from? When man said, I want the glory due God. When man said twice, unto me be glory, unto me be glory, it did not work out well. That's why the psalmist says, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory. And again, we know that we have taken on that fallen nature. We know sin came through one man, and sin has spread to all men. And boy, every single day, don't listen don't make no mistake our flesh our sin nature longs to get the glory longs to get the praise that's why there's a battle between the spirit and the flesh when a man gets born again and we really need to take on that battle because it's easy even to become a christian that wants to use jesus to do what get the glory we just christianize it and it needs to be no to him be the glory i got a wage this war to give glory unto god because men longed for it for themselves we read there in genesis 11 even after the 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 not the little minor flooding we just had after the great flood we know that god had told men to multiply to fill the earth to go out to trust in him but what happened there on that plain of shinar in genesis 11 nimrod led a rebellion men gathered together and they begin to build that tower. And remember what they said, let us make a name for ourselves. Not glory to God, glory unto us. It didn't work out well. God came down to see what they were doing. He says, look it, this is what they begin to do. And then he says, you know, we're, 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 this is the direction we're going. We're going to put an end to this right now. And you know, scatter them. And, and, and you know, it brought a, brought a babbling to their tongues where they couldn't understand one another at that Tower of Babel. But again, even after seeing the judgment of God, they rebelled and they said, no, we'll make a name for ourselves. To us be glory. And I think of in Acts chapter 12, and we looked at this uh, uh, you know, at a, a, a while back when we were in our study in Acts, or on Sunday morning, it was a son of Herod the Great. It says, Herod arrayed in royal peril, sat on a throne and gave an or, uh, oration to them and the people kept shouting the voice of God and not to man. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God grew and multiplied. Again, they said, the, not the voice of man, but of God. And he received it. And he said, oh, the glory to me. These guys actually thought they were gods. And as silly as that seems, there's a whole lot of people running around today who think they're gods, both small and great, running around thinking they're big gods and little gods and so forth. And this guy just received that praise from it when he could have said, wait a minute, guys, stop. You know, look up and give glory to God. He received that glory for himself. And what happened? Listen, he was struck down. And again, worms went forth in his belly and ate him up. Better to give glory to God. Get better to give praise to God. And again, you look at us, we're described there in Romans 3.10. If you look and go, well, that was Babel and that was Herod, but that's just not me. Well, listen what the scripture says. There's no righteous, no, not one. Romans 10, or excuse me, Romans 3.10. And if you read through this, this is man outside of Jesus. It says there's none who seek after God, but the all turn aside. You skip down to verse 18. There's no fear of God before their eyes. 
That's us saying, I want to give reverence to me, not reverence to God. We need to be real with this. We need to be honest with this. Our flesh wants to be praised, wants to receive glory when all glory is due God. And when you see a world running around where outside of of a remnant, you see a world rejecting the Lord, let me tell you, it goes back to their desire to get glory for themselves. It goes back to that original sin of Lucifer, that original sin of man, when when he said, I'll be my own God. Listen to the commentary on it there in Philippians 3.18. It says, for many walk of whom I've told you often, and now tell you even weeping, they're enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction. Again, it never works out well. Whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. That's a description of so much of our world. Rejecting Jesus Christ. Outside of Christ, their end is destruction. Not annihilation, but destruction and everlasting hell as christ describes it their god is their belly how sad is that they worship their belly versus worshiping god who gave them their belly who fulfills their belly who sustains their belly but their god is their own belly and then their glory is their shame why because they glory in themselves they glory in their sin they glory in their own ways and then they set their mind on earthly things that just brings fuel to all of it versus looking up and acknowledging god acknowledging that he's the creator of all things he's the one that laid down his life he's the one that brings the rain on the righteous and unrighteous amen as well as that sun that i see shining right now that he brings as well on the righteous and the unrighteous but our flesh resists again that call to give glory to god never works out well there's a way that seems right in a man the end of that way is death it's a world under the sway of the wicked one and there even in first john 2 he talks about the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life which is again give me the glory and these things are absolutely not of the father but they are of the world now listen there's good news that's a lot of bad news but there's good news when a man or a woman truly gets saved when they truly get born again born again it's when they come to that place of acknowledging i am a sinner i am deserving of hell i look at your law and your law damns me i've broken these laws you are holy and i am not and so i want to cry out to you i am but dust i am the clay but i want to call upon you jesus to be the lord of my life see when you get saved it's not just saying jesus save me it's saying jesus i give you the glory you are lord you are lord i'm turning from the god of my belly to put my faith to put my trust in you it's that tax collector there in that parable that jesus told in luke chapter 18 remember the pharisees full of pride i'm glad i'm not like other men i tithe i do this and that and again using religion as a platform to glorify himself it was just just it was all fake acting like he was giving glory to god but even using things instituted by god to give god glory to bring glory for himself boy we never see that today in any place do we 
and versus this tax collector while this Pharisee is saying, man, I'm glad I'm not like other men. No, I'm glad I'm not this tax collector. But he is, it says, standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. In other words, he's saying to you, be the glory. I am a sinner. I need your mercy and I give you glory. I look at this, the psalmist, again, he says it twice, not to us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name, give glory. And I was just thinking about, you know, at our walk with Christ, and it starts with that first, not to us, not to me, but to you be glory. I mean, think about it. When you really submitted your life to the Lord, you were saying, God, I am a sinner. I need you to you be the glory. And it starts there. Have you called upon Christ? Rejoice. If you have not, today's the day of salvation. You need to get born again. But listen, as he says it a second time, it just reminded me of then that second time when we need to say to you give the glory. And that second time spans a span of time from when I call upon the name to be the Lord to be my Savior to that day when I stand face to face with him and I take my last breath here. It is a constant reiteration of to you be the glory. That call to die daily. Again, Paul says in Romans 15, 31, I affirm by the boasting in which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. That was Paul saying, not to me, but to you be the glory. Look at the apostle Paul. If any man could have gotten glory on earth, it's the apostle Paul. I mean, the guy saw the resurrected Christ at his salvation. The Lord used him to write uh, two-thirds of 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 the the new testament outside of the gospels this is a guy that got caught up into heaven he really did it it wasn't a sales job to you know what get people to dig into their wallet and to steal their money he was really caught up into the third heaven and god even had given him a thorn to, to keep him humble to help him die daily he was revered and acknowledged and so forth. And he said, no, not unto me, unto the Lord. I got to die every day to the desire to bring glory to myself. Jesus taught this to us there in Luke nine twenty three. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, do you desire to come after the Lord in 2023? Can we say amen to that? He says, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So denying self says, no, it's not about me being glorified. It's not me about running around and looking for recognition from men and doing things to get recognition from others. If there's recognition that comes, to God be the glory, to God be the praise. And if there's no recognition, well, that's what? I'll give that to God too. I'll, I'll, I'll bring you know, any, any praise before the Lord. I'll even bring any slander before the Lord. I'm going to bring it all before the Lord and lay it at his feet and then say, God, search out of me and do in me the work that needs to get done. But I need to deny myself and then take up my cross, which is a picture of dying to self and follow the Lord and say, to God be the glory. To God be the praise. To God be the glory in this business I'm running. To God be the glory in these kids that I'm raising. To God be the glory in this ministry that I'm involved in. To God be the glory in wherever I participate, wherever I'm at, especially even all the more where I will get acknowledgement, where people would see me in a, in a, you know, the Bible talks about 
body parts in the Bible. And you know what? Your nose and your mouth and your ears, everyone's seeing that. Well, all the more in those sayings, to God be the glory. And listen, it's a glorious thing when you get a broad platform and you can say, I want to use it to give God the glory, to give God the praise, to give God all the honor. In fact, that's why you even have that platform, whether you know it or not. You have that business. You're in that, you know, that, 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 the, the different areas that you may be in. You know what? You are there first and foremost to give glory to God. And let me tell you, when you do so, it's not to your demise. When you do so, it will be for your gain. The prideful position, though, the position that says, to me, give, I want the glory. Hear this this morning. If that's your heart, and this is where you got to be honest with yourself. A lot of people don't be honest with themselves in these things. They, they, they play these games. Deep down, they know they are living for their own glory, but, they, but they're, they're holding on to it like a refuge. They're, they're thinking, I'm going to find some satisfaction in this and so forth. It, it is a well that, that, again, will never quench your thirst. You get a little glory, guess what you're going to want? You know what you want when you get a little bit of glory when you're wanting glory? You want a little bit more glory. Then you want a little bit more glory. Then you want a little bit more. And well, I got a thousand followers. Now I got to get to 2,000. Now I got to get to 5,000. Now I want to get to 10,000. And again, it's one thing if you are giving glory to God in that, but if it's about getting all your own glory, it will never, ever satisfy. And here this morning, it's a ticking time bomb because God does not share his glory with anybody. He just does not. Notice James 4, 6. He gives more grace, therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament, mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. And some will say, oh, I don't want to do any of that. But notice what it says next. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. That's so much better. Luke, Jesus said in Luke 9, 24, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. The person says, I want the glory. He says, you're gonna lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, give God the glory, he says, will save it. Now again, we've touched on some reasons why he is to get all the glory. But notice what he says next. He says, Again, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory because of your mercy, because of your truth. Listen, he is merciful. He is God Almighty. He is the just judge, but he is merciful. You know what we are compared to the mercy of God? This is a room full of savages. I can't believe it. I went to church and I was called a savage by that pastor. Think about it. We get snubbed by men or someone doesn't give us the glory due us. We mercilessly slander them. Go after them. Maybe not verbally, but how many times have we done it in our own heart? And yet God who deserves all the glory at every single turn and we fall so short of it, gives us mercy every single day. He just lavishes it out upon us. Bore the wrath do us. You talk about mercy. 
And he's even merciful to those that are shunning them. But beware, listen, if you don't come to that place of falling on your face and give glory to God, he is merciful, but he also is a God of war. And he will bring wrath eventually if you keep shunning his mercy. In fact, as you shun mercy, you store up wrath. Call out upon Jesus Christ. He also is the God of truth. Psalm 119, 160. The entirety of your word is truth. All of God's word is inspired by God, breathed by God. We are to honor it at every single turn. In fact, God says he has magnified his word above his name. And think about that. Not unto us, not unto us, but to your name give glory. And then he says here in Psalm uh, where is it at? Psalm uh, 138.2, you have magnified your word above your name. His word's true. What we are looking at this morning is 100% true. Isn't that so good to know? I don't have to doubt this. I, you know, I don't have to question this. This is true. No matter what the world's saying, no matter what even some religious people out there say that contradict the scripture. Boy, there's more and more of that. No, God's word is true. And it's true if we call upon his name, we'll be saved. And it's true if we humble our hearts before us, he will, before him, he will lift us up. He is worthy of the glory. To him be the glory. Let's not fall in foolishness. It's interesting, I've been reading through Kings in my devotions and it says there in 1 Kings 14, 23, it says, for they also built for themselves uh, uh, high places, sacred pillars, wooden images on every hill, hill, high hill and every green tree. And there were also perverted persons in the land. This is talking about, again, the kings of Israel that were supposed to be honoring God. But instead, they built for themselves monuments, and you know what came when they built monuments for themselves? The perverted persons abounded in the land. Perversion abounded in the land. In fact, that's specifically, first and foremost, talking about the sin of homosexuality. It abounded in that land when that was supposed to be put out of the land. It was, I mean, you need to repent of this or according to the law of Israel, there would be consequences in it. And I'll tell you, when it comes to our provisions, we need to repent, our perversions, we need to repent or there's consequences. But I'll tell you again, when we don't give glory to God as the church, perversion comes into it. You see any connection in our world today? In Christendom today? You see perversion just invading it. Willingly, you know what? As, as the front door is open to it in so many places. I'll tell you, when you give glory to God, you get discernment. When you want to take the glory from yourself, all discernment, it goes out the door. You can't discern. Pride goes before the fall. And there in Israel again, and Judah as well, when they would build monuments for themselves, the perversion and the sin and all those things that eventually would be to their great demise would uh bound also listen when we give glory to god our witness shines notice verse two it says why should the gentiles say so where is their god this connects to verse one if we are not saying to god be the glory if we're saying to us be the glory the gentiles or those in the world will say well where's their god at i just see them 
I don't see Jesus. I see them on a platform and down on the bottom it says Jesus as they're standing up saying, hey, check us out. Check us out. Look at us and so forth. But when we give glory to God, as the Lord says, towards the living water will come out of those who believe in him. And part of giving glory to God is believing he is God and giving him the praise and glory due his name. But when we glorify ourselves, look at the world says, where's their God? You know why? Because we just, we look just like them serving the God of our belly as they are as well. Verse three, but our God is in heaven and notice about our God. Notice about our God. He is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. He rules over all this on high and he never bows knee to any man-made philosophies. Whatever he pleases and whatever he wants to do, he does and hear this, everything he does is 100% truth, holy and upright. He never contradicts his word. And let's not be foolish to put our hope and our are, are, you know, at thoughts and feelings and opinions and judgments that contradict his word. There's just so much of that today. And really it's because, you know, it's fulfilled prophecy of that end times church called Laodicea in Revelation 3. And we know Laodicea means man's opinion. That's what that means in the Greek, Laodicea, man's opinion. Man taking his opinion and mixing it with God's word to try to look christian and that's why the lord says this is like hot and cold water it's lukewarm and i'm gonna vomit it out of my mouth god is in heaven and he does whatever he pleases and what he does is always according to his truth now notice the description of the world's gods it says their idols are silver and gold the works of men's hands they have mouths but they do not speak Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses they have, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet they have, but they do not walk, nor do they mutter through their throat. Men have a tendency to worship what they make with their hands. Why? It brings glory to men. <laughs> Look, we made in our hands, you know. Let's worship it, but in doing it, we're really worshiping ourselves things made by their hands and i've noticed as well so many that worship things they can hold in their hand that also have silver and gold in it you know what one of these things right here you know where it just consumes your life one of these little these little smartphones which can be used for so much good but what a picture of this scripture and so many people just dedicating their life to these various gadgets and things and pursuits and so forth. And yet these things, they're not God. They can be gifts from God and blessings from God provided, again, we're wanting to glorify God in our life and what we have. But all of these things, they have no life in them. They just don't. They have no life. It's described here. I'm not going to read it again. But again, mouths and ears and so forth. But none of them register anything. I mean, it's really a lame thing when, you know what, you got to carry your God around with you. And it's even worse when your God can be carried off. And boy, there's a multitude of examples in the scripture where like Laban, you know, some of his gods got carried off. And in Judge, Judges Micah, you know, at the, the tribe of Dan stills this guy's priest as well as all of his idols. 
And then, you know what? He's all upset. And, and they're like, why are you so upset? What ails you? And he says, you've taken away my gods, which I made. Bro, that should be a wake-up call right there. You took away my gods, which I made, the priest, and you've gone away. And now what more do I have? And how can you say to me, what ails you? You know what's glorious? When he's your Lord, you give him glory, he carries us. And no one can snatch us out of his hands. We're in his hands. And listen, sometimes with these physical idols and so forth, some people say, well, there is a demon behind that. So it wasn't just an idol. There's a demon behind that. But you know what? Compared to God, that demon is as dumb as that idol. They know that Jesus is Lord and they, they tremble. Again, this is God. He does what he pleases. He does what he pleases. Notice verse 8. And those who make them are like them, so is everyone who trusts in them. And what are they? they? They're dead. And outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, when we serve the God of our belly, we're just like them. We are spiritually dead and even subjected to what the Bible calls the second death. Instead of inheriting eternal life in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2, 1 talks about before we were in Christ, we were dead and trespasses and sin. And what, what that means, it's, it's not a, a picture of just, you know, a non, not being existent or not being able to make decisions and so forth. It means I'm dead in my trespasses. I can't save myself. I have no means. I am dead in the water. I've transgressed this law. And even if I try to keep it, all it does is, is it, it, it furthers my debt because I can't keep it. We are dead just like them in ourselves and when we trust in them. But praise God, when you call upon the Lord Jesus Christ, their salvation. When you humble your heart. When you say, not unto me, but unto him be glory. And this morning, again, we, we talked about, are, are we giving and praise? And then secondly, are you trusting in him? Are you trusting in the Lord? May, are, are you really trusting in the Lord or gold and silver going into 2023? Trusting in the Lord or your home or your, your, you know, your retirement or whatever it would be. Again, those things can be blessings and those things have a, a place, but you better not trust in them because they can, they can get carried off like what happened to Laban and, and Micah. The Bible says that money grows wings and it flies away. Merry Christmas, you know. <laughs> For goodness sakes. But notice verse 9, contrasting the gods of the world. This is reason to give glory to God. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. O house of Aaron, we're talking about the priesthood. <clears throat> They're in the Old Testament. Trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, do you fear the Lord this morning? As we've been talking about the fear of the Lord in these Psalms, trust in the Lord. He is their help. He is your help and their shield and your shield. See, when you trust in the Lord, He is your help and shield. He is trustworthy. These other things aren't. Trusting in ourselves even our own gifts and talents. And, you know, well, I'm getting glory from men, so I'm trusting in that. There is no long-term help or shielding in that. But when you trust in the Lord, it's not like these things that are dead. He will shield you. He will help you. They're about going back to, to, to you know, just in my devotions in Second Kings. 
At one point, the king of Syria is so upset with Elijah the prophet, he sends mercenaries out to try to kill him and destroy him. Finally, he figures out where he is, and he sends an army against Elisha and his servant. And they have him completely surrounded, and the servant's just, oh no, you know, we're, we're, we're in for it. And Elijah says, do not fear, there in 2 Kings 6, 16, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those that are with them. And he prays, and his servant's eyes are open, and he sees the surrounding hills with a, a, an army of angels and chariots of fire, and indeed God brings victory. He brings a blindness on the Syrians, and then Elijah even shows them mercy and so forth, shows them the heart of the Lord. But indeed, we read an account after account in the scriptures of God being help and the shield of those who trust in him. We need to fear the Lord so that I can trust in him. And again, to fear the Lord is to depart from evil. To fear of the Lord is one that's not wise in their own eyes, but says, I want to get into the word of God. I give reverence to God. Boy, there, there, there is a great confidence in that. Notice verse 12, the Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He'll bless the house of Aaron. He'll bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord's mindful of us. He knows what's going on in your life. Those dumb idols, they don't know that. Those things, your, your bank account does not know, nor does it care about what's going on in your life. All your pepper supplies, they could care less about what's going on in your life. God's mindful of all of it, though. And God can do something about whatever may come your way. Again, he blesses those who fear the Lord. When you go through the scripture and you see the blessings given to the house of Israel, the house of Aaron, Moses being of that house, the Levites being of that house, Know as I fear the Lord, God will bless me. We're talking about the fear of the Lord, what it is. Again, in 2 Kings, what a great picture of what the fear of the Lord is not and what the fear of the Lord is. Because, again, the prophet's stirring up trouble. This is Elijah, though, in this case, and a different king of Syria trying to get Elijah. And so he sends, I might have confused a little bit of that, account with this one either way these kings of syria were upset i think it was elijah that he was uh no he, he sent guys after him i'm okay sometimes again wait a minute story previously though elijah before elisha took his mantle a previous king of syria as well went after him and he sent 50 men and they came and they said man of god come with this but they didn't say it with any fear of god I'm not talking about the prophet. They didn't give any reverence to his God. And Elijah says, if I'm a man of God, let fire come down and consume you. And fire came down and consumed all 50 of them. Not one of those guys had the fear of God. He sends another group of 50. Man of God, come with this. If I'm a man of God, let fire consume you. Boom, fire lights them up. Third guy sent out with 50 guys. Look, fire has come down from heaven and burned up the first two captains of 50s with their 50s, but let my life now be precious in your sight. That's the fear of God. Guess what? 
fire did not come down and consume them, I think 50 men probably got saved on that day is what happened. That's the fear of the Lord. There's such a lack of fear of the Lord in this world. And even it's just, it's just so much. I, 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 I'm, I'm not, I know we have to pray for the fear of God every day. We have to humble our hearts. But you see it so much in Christian and even in the doctrines out there. I've heard such an attack on the teachings of Jesus about hell lately. Oh, there is no hell. And you know what? God's loving you send no one to hell. Because they think, I'm, if I'm loving and I wouldn't send anyone to hell, God's more loving to me and he wouldn't send anyone to hell. They don't understand the holiness of God. That God's not bringing sin into heaven. But it's a lack of fear of God where that comes from. A lack of, 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 of reverence towards God and his word and so forth. And then you know what it also does? It belittles the cross. That Jesus shed his blood to save whoever call upon his name. But again, even that's downtrodden and so forth. Because I won't send anyone to hell. God won't send anyone to hell. Then why did Jesus even have to go to the cross? They don't get it because there's a lack of fear of God. God is holy. God does not bless sin. God does not bless, again, when perversions are just allowed to flood in and doctrines of demons and so forth we need to fear the lord and stand in his truth and again it's a call for each of us each day to say lord i gotta humble my heart before you i gotta start with judging my own life getting the logs out of my own eyes and so forth let us grow in the fear of the lord have you read any bad things that come out of fearing the lord in the scripture it is life it is liberty it is spiritual prosperity it is great confidence in god almighty but when men don't want to fear god when they don't want to give them reverence when they want to do as they will i'm telling you it's a ticking time bomb Verse 14 and 15, may the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. Again, he's addressing those who fear the Lord. We have a God that gives us more and more. He's given us another year, 2023. He wants to overflow it to our children. Our children got great challenges before them. Have you noticed that? They faced temptations that we did not face when they were, we were their ages. The access to sin is so readily available. And that, that's, that's oh, people, oh, those kids and their access to sin. That's, that's on the previous generations that has made that easily accessible. So woe to us in that. But God wants to, again, bless you and your children. It starts with the fear of God. It absolutely does. May you be blessed by the Lord. From time to time, someone may say, God bless you. Look at when they do, say, thank you, I'll receive that. I kind of chuckle when some people say, oh, he does. And yes, he does, but that's good if you're giving him praise in that. But don't say, oh, he does, I don't need you to bless me. I'll, I'll say, yeah, he does, plus thank you. You know what? I'll take all the blessings of God that he wants to pour out and put a big blessing on top of it. Almost finished here. The heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. And I won't spend a lot of time on this. We know that when man sinned in the garden, 
He really forfeited the deed of the earth to the devil. Just seemed so clear in scripture. That's why Satan said to Jesus, if you fall down and worship me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. Lord, that's not yours to give away. But praise God, Christ, when he went to the cross, and we read and learn of this, especially in the book of Ruth, he's our kinsman redeemer. And we read in Colossians 2, 15, he disarmed principalities and powers. He took that deed away. We, I really believe the seal's broken in the tribulations, the deed of the earth. It's God saying, Satan, it's time to be booted. You've squatted too long. And you know what comes next? The Bible says that we're gonna inherit the earth in Christ Jesus. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Psalm 37, nine, to him be the glory. We don't deserve any of that inheritance. But God in his mercy and his goodness has blessed us abundantly. And then finally, 17 and 18, and these are good words to remember. Good words to remember going into this new year. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence. This is talking about from an earthly perspective. Once someone dies on earth, they're no longer giving praise to the Lord. Look at the Bible talks about this time that we're in. Jesus even said, I gotta be about the works of my father. The time is coming when, you know what? That, that opportunity is gonna cease, paraphrasing that. This is a valley of decision and this is the time that we have to be about his business. Let's not squander this time living for glory for ourselves. Notice verse 18, but we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Again, praise the Lord. God help us in this. And again, I'm gonna tell you that this message, this message does so much more good if we are honest with ourselves before God. If we are honest with that part of us and acknowledge, yes, look at, I, I want to get glory for men. Look at it, it, it is something that wants to creep up and crawl up in everybody. And say, I want to be truthful of these things and I want to make it my aim to put that down and say, no, I'll give glory to God. And if there's any acknowledgement, I'll give glory to God. I want to fear God. And part of the fear of God says, I don't know, I'm not going to take that glory. I'm going to give that glory to God. I'm going to give that praise to the Lord. Let's stand up and we'll close here in prayer. Well, Lord God, we do praise you. We do glorify you and honor you worthy of all praise. You are so good, Lord. Oh, Lord God, I I just pray, God, that you would help us to abound in giving you praise. Lord, I look at your scriptures and I know it's true concerning the the condition of man. But ultimately, Lord, I, I can only speak to my own heart. Lord, I know that my flesh, God wants to get praise for itself. oh Lord God I want to die to that and God I know that that's something that has to be put into check day after day after day after day I ask you to help me I ask you to help us God let us abound in the fear of the Lord in these things let us rest God on these promises that he who fears the Lord can trust in you you're our help and our shield You're mindful of us. You bless us. You're so good, Lord. 
Listen, if you're and you have a call upon Christ, today is the day of salvation. You've heard the bad news today of sin and judgment and wrath. Look at, make no mistake, that's not God giving lip service. That's God giving warning. That's bad news, but the good news is that Jesus Christ has made the way of salvation. Have you humbled your heart and called upon God? Have you come to that place of brokenness like that tax collector? He said, be merciful to me, a sinner. That thief on the cross, Lord, you've done no sin. Have you called upon his name? Call upon him today. Ask him to wash you, to forgive you, to save you. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We praise you, we honor you, God. Let us... Let us, Lord, lift our voices to you right now. Give you glory and honor, God. Just magnify you, God, in a robust manner. Lord, again, just just give us that fresh filling of the Spirit, Lord, that we'd worship you in spirit and truth even right now. Let's worship the Lord.
Amen. Well, I just pray God blesses you today and just have a wonderful beginning of your new year and just bless someone before you leave, encourage someone before you leave today and God bless you.